Welcome back to the show. The baseball team at Campbell University in North Carolina has won more than 40 games each of the last three seasons. They won the Big South regular season title in 2013 and were nationally ranked. Last season, the Fighting Camels won the Big South Tournament Championship on their way to their first ever NCAA Tournament victory over Old Dominion. This year, they have a new head coach, Justin Hare, and he joins us now on the BTG studio line. Justin, welcome. We're so glad you could join us. Glad you reached out. This is this is awesome. Great opportunity for us. Congratulations on the head coaching position, but you're no stranger to Campbell baseball, are you? How long have you been involved at Campbell? This is um, this is my eighth year here at Campbell. I, I came here um, as the recruiting coordinator, assistant coach in the fall of 2007. 2008 was uh, was our first season here, and then. Uh, this past summer in June, I got promoted to, to head coach. Because of your work with the hitters and with recruiting, you've been given some high praise being credited with being so instrumental in building the Campbell offense, which has really become one of the nation's top offenses. What is it that you look for when recruiting a potential student athlete to come to Campbell? Well, there's four things, Rick, that we try to, to concentrate on, you know, in terms of of recruiting and, and, you know, obviously everybody's trying to get the best player they can, but for us and being at Campbell and where we are, you know, it's important to kind of recruit the whole person. So for us, number one, we want to recruit good students. Um, it's a private Christian school, so it's not cheap to go to school here. So getting guys that are, that are good students is, is really, really important in terms of being able to make it affordable and, and it makes everybody's life easier when they get here and they're eligible and, and on track to graduate and all that kind of stuff. So good students is number one. Number two, we want to, we want to recruit good people. You know, we, we do extensive, um, background checks on our guys, not in terms of official background checks, but you know, calling around to other coaches, coaches that, that have competed against these people, um, high school principals, you know, junior college, athletic directors and, and so on and so forth to, to get an idea of the type of person they are. Number three, we want to make sure we recruit um, men of character. Um, you know, when when you're going into a dogfight day in and day out at the Division One level, you know, on the field, you want to make sure that you've got some stand-up guys right next to you, and, and, and that's really important for us. And, and number four, we want to recruit the best athletes that we possibly can. So trying to put that formula together and, and, and kind of checking off all four boxes is really important to, to our recruiting process and has been really important to the way that we've built this program. Do I understand that you had a hand in coaching over 20 players who have gone on to sign professional contracts? Yeah, yeah. I've been fortunate to, to have a chance to, to coach those guys. You know, good players make good coaches. Great players make good coaches, you know, and, and, uh, we've been fortunate enough to, to have you know, a number of guys that that have gone on and played professionally, and you know, we've still got a number that are still chasing the dream and and uh, and and doing well in in the minor leagues and that kind of stuff. And and that's always fun, and that's that's a huge goal for those guys, as it was for me as a player. And um, anything that we can do to to try to get them to that next level professionally, we're going to try to do. It's got to be pretty satisfying to know that you've helped so many players, not only reach their potential, but realize their dreams of playing professional baseball. Yeah, it, it is. It is, Rick, you know, and, and uh, if it's been 20 or 22 guys or however, however many it's been, there's been three or four times that many or probably more that have gone on and, 
just like that NCAA commercial guys have gone on, you know, to be professionals and stuff other than sports. And then so for us, it's, you know, it, it's a big, uh, it's a big emphasis on, on trying to develop, um, guys, not just, you know, from the baseball standpoint, but from the life standpoint and make sure that when they walk out of our doors that they're, they're ready to face life, whatever, you know, whatever that means for them, whether that means that they're going to go play professional baseball or whether that means they're going to go get married and have kids or, or get into a career or we've had guys go professional in a lot of different things and, and, um, we want to make sure that, that we're helping all those guys, you know, achieve their dreams and, and be the best version of themselves when they walk out of our doors. Campbell plays in the Big South, which is a pretty darn competitive baseball conference. Last I looked, you were leading the conference, I think, in overall wins. You're right in the thick of things once again at the top of the conference standings. What is the key for the Fighting Camels to get back into the NCAA tournament this year? Well, you know, I... The biggest thing for us, Rick, is to, is to go out and compete every single day. You know, when when our guys lock in and and really and really really compete and and don't give in and you know don't get get down on themselves, we have a chance to be successful every time out. When we go out and, and we go through the motions a little bit, like we had the last couple of days, you know, we we uh, we don't have a very good chance to be successful and and. and you know, wins and losses are going to take care of themselves. I'm a firm believer in that. If you do things right all the time, if you go out and you work hard and, and you put yourself in a position to be successful with the men that we have in our program, with, with the, the, the character that those guys have and, and the fortitude that those guys have, I believe that if we go out and work hard and go through the process every single day and not just go through the motions, that we're going to be in a position to be successful and, and we'll come out on top more times than not. Um, when we don't do those things, when we don't do the little things, when we go through the motions, that's when we struggle. And so just getting our guys continue to prepare and, and play at a level that, that, that puts us in a position to be successful is going to kind of get us to where we want to be. We're talking with Justin Hare, head baseball coach at Campbell University on the BTG studio line. I understand that Campbell has a new indoor baseball practice facility and that you were heavily involved in the design. How has that impacted your recruitment and the program itself? Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's like it's a brand new facility. It's actually, Rick, it's, it's a, uh, the facility, the building's been here for a while and, and it was just severely outdated and, and really needed an update. And, you know, when I took over the reins, that was one of the very first things I went to our athletic director, Bob Roller, and told him, Hey man, we, we need to upgrade this facility because it's a, it's a great, uh, resource for us that we're not taking advantage of. And so we put a bunch of money into it and, and spent a lot of time and, and, um, and effort kind of designing it and what it looked like and the functionality of it. And, and quite honestly, Rick, it, it's been tremendous for us, not only from a developmental standpoint for our guys right now, um, but from a recruiting process, you know, just walking guys in there and, and kind of showing them you know, whether it be pitchers with the pitchers area that we have in there and the hitters, obviously, and um, just being able to do a bunch of different stuff. And, and it's and aesthetically, it's really, really nice and clean and, and as, as classic looking as as uh, as really in the indoor that I've been into. And, and that was that was part of it as well. We wanted it to look great. So when we walked recruits in there and their families, they thought, wow, this is really, really nice. And, and uh, I could see myself working in here and, and to this point, it's, it's, it's certainly helps from that standpoint. 
This year on your roster, you have a young man from our part of the country, Western New York area, J.D. Andreessen. How's the season been going for him so far? Oh, uh, really good, man. J.D.'s, you know, he's a freshman. Um, he was he was one of the top 500 players in the country when we recruited him. Um, and he's just a, he's a really, really hardworking kid, very blue collar, um, which is the type of people that we want. He's a great student. He's, uh, I think he's probably started almost half of our games. Um, in some capacity, whether DHing or catching, he's probably gotten 70 at bats, 65, 70 at bats, and uh, and is doing really, really well. You know, he's going to be one of those guys. Hopefully, that in two years, you know, maybe Rick, when we talk again, he'll be you know number 23 or 24 on on the pro on the pro side of things because he's got a chance to to be a professional baseball player and and um, awesome kid, awesome family. Um, really everything that he, he certainly checked off all four of our criteria when we went through the recruiting process and, um, we're glad he chose to be here and, and he's, uh, he's a lot of fun to work with because he's, he wants to be great in, in a lot of different areas and he's willing to work for it and those guys are, are special to work with. Let me ask you, Justin, as a coach and as a believer in Christ, what do you see as the biggest obstacle in keeping today's student athlete focused? On their athletics, their academics, their 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 faith, their, their life, their faith with Christ. There's so much that uh, draws their attention. How do you keep them focused? You know, I, I think that's a constant battle, Rick. It, it really is. Um, it's a constant battle in anyone's life. I think to to keep your priorities in line, and and um, it certainly is in mine. And and you know, because you get caught up in the moment, or you get caught up, you know, especially for for us, where we compete four or five times a week. It, it, it's easy to to lose focus and think that wins and losses are more important than than the greater picture. And um, so, for us, we try to do little things, you know, on a daily basis. If you walk into our indoor facility, you kind of see our program priorities right there as as you walk in and into our locker room. And, and those four things are our faith, our family, our country, and and Campbell. And and we try to talk about those four things all the time and keeping those in, in that exact order. Just constant reminders and just, just trying to create an atmosphere where you can grow in your faith and you can grow as a person and you can come into my office and, and sit down and, and we can talk about everything under the sun besides baseball. Um, we don't have to talk about baseball. We don't – baseball, you know, and I, and I tell guys through the recruiting process that that our greatest reward as coaches is is to get a phone call from you three years from now and say, Coach, I'm getting married. Can you come to my wedding? Coach, can I, mm. you know, can, can you pray for me? We're, we're getting, me and my wife are getting ready to have a kid. And, and you know, can you be a reference for me on, on this job interview? And um, that's, a, you know, those lifelong relationships, building those relationships with our guys are the most important thing. And, and so providing them with an outlet to mature and grow, uh, both as a player and as a man, is really important for our staff. And, and um, just those constant daily reminders of Faith Family Country Campbell kind of posted throughout our, our, our facility and, and just kind of having that conversation with our guys often is, is, uh, is a step in the right direction, that's for sure. Justin, how old were you when you became a believer in Christ, and would you mind sharing your salvation experience with our listeners? Sure, sure. Well, you know, Rick, I, I grew up, um, you know, I grew up just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. I was born in Indiana. I grew up outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, one of six kids in a Catholic family, and, and, you know, so I, you know, I was baptized as an infant in the Catholic Church and, and 12 years of Catholic school. You know, I, I didn't realize it 
as much at the time, you know, why it was so important that we get up and go to church on Sunday. And that, and just getting able to have the presence of the Lord in my life every day certainly has impacted me uh, beyond anything that I could have imagined, which was always really important to me, but I didn't always understand the um, importance of it. But it certainly formed the base, my my base level relationship with with Jesus Christ, and I would never take that back in a million years. As I, as I kind of got into college, as happens a lot, I think in in college age kids, you you get out on your own, and and going to church becomes less important, and and having that relationship with with Jesus becomes less important and, and less a focus in your life. Um, and it certainly wasn't mine. You know, I certainly uh, strayed from that path, you know, quite a bit. And but but there was always. There was always that underlying, you know, that underlying where I knew that I was missing something in my life, but I but I couldn't always put my finger on it, and I'm sure that's something that you hear all the time. And I think that was certainly my case, and um, went to Bowling Green State University, you know, 20,000 um, students or so. It's easy to get lost in the shuffle, played there for two years, didn't have, you know, a lot of um, faith experience there, and never lost my faith, but, but wasn't... It wasn't sensible in my life and moved on after two years there, wasn't playing much, moved to the University of Indianapolis and, and, and kinda, and kinda got the feel like I needed to, I needed to reconnect with God. I needed to reconnect with my faith. I majored in philosophy and religion there, played my last two years and, and, and learned a lot, not just about my faith, but, but about religion in general and, you know, I think that was totally random that I even picked that, but it was one of those things. I think it was some divine intervention where I think God was kind of calling out to me, like, you need to, to kind of come back. And as humans and, and men normally do, we like to, we like to fight against, um, sometimes what, what's right because we're stubborn and we're silly and, and, and not very smart sometimes. And so that's what I did. Not that I turned my back, but I, I wouldn't give into it and I wouldn't, turn my life over to it like I should, like I knew I should. Went about my life, got into coaching. My first job was at a, a really small school in Kansas called Sterling College. It was a, a it was a faith-based institution. Was there for a year and then I went to Washtenaw Baptist University in, in Southwest Arkansas. Here I am a, a Catholic boy in, in Southwest Arkansas. And then there was a number of influences, you know, in my life at that point that, that really kind of got me back on track. A guy named Farron Rogers was the pastor pastor at, at, a, at a local Baptist church, but he was also a baseball alumni from Washtenaw Baptist, and, and I got to know him on a personal level and his wife, and, um, you know, they hosted me for Thanksgiving dinner when I couldn't get home to see my family back in Ohio, and, and we formed a personal connection, so I started going to his church and really started to feel more and more comfortable, and then, you know, one of my one of my best friends, one of my college teammates, a guy named Aaron Neese, came came down to visit me my first year at, at Washtenaw, and he had given his life over to the Lord and was on fire. You probably know Rick and and some of your listeners. When you turn your life over to the Lord, you you kind of get on that high. You get on that. Sure. Uh, you're on fire for Christ, and it, it's hard not to talk about it because you're so fired up about it. You 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 just got salvation. You just you just turn your life over to the Lord and, and, and by doing that, get, get eternal life with Him in heaven. And, and I mean, there isn't anything better in this world, that's for sure. And, and there's nothing better anywhere. And so, 
you know, he comes down to visit me and he's on fire for the Lord. And, and, and he, and he really tested me over that weekend. He put me through the paces, I guess. You know, we, we were very close from college and we talked and you know, stayed up late a lot of nights, a few nights and, and, and talked and talked baseball and talked life and, and talked about the Lord and just trying to get our priorities back in line. And, and he was sharing his story with me. And I mean, this is a guy that he used to get up. We'd go to parties and he'd get up on, the, in the second floor and jump out the second floor window onto the pine trees and shimmy down. He's cra- he was crazy, man. He's that, you know, fun guy, awesome guy. But just to show where he was to, to where he is now, he's sitting in, in my house in, in Arkansas and telling me that he's changed his life. The power of a changed life, huh? It's unbelievable. It would be hard to believe it if I hadn't seen it from my own eyes or hadn't been through it. So, so we're talking and he's challenging me on some things like, you know, what, you know, what are you waiting for? What's holding you back from being the man that you want to be? What's holding you back from leading people to Christ? What's holding you back from Christ? Why have you not gotten back in the faith? Why have you not as an adult made the decision to turn everything over that you have to, to Jesus Christ? And of course, the classic excuses, well, you know, I'm working a lot and I'm, and I don't have time. All those things that, that I knew weren't very good reasons and, and, and certainly weren't reasons at all. They were excuses. And so he challenged me, got me thinking a lot. And I was driving him back to the airport and, uh, and I, and I vividly remember this. Well, we're driving and there's a bunch of construction on the interstate between Arkadelphia and, and, and Little Rock. And, and we're talking and, and he's, and he's getting the feeling that this is his last shot. He knows that, that when he gets on that plane, you know, I don't have to answer his phone call if he calls. So he knows that, that if he's, that if he's going to try to help win me over for Christ this weekend, which is what he felt like he, he needed to do while he was down there, that this was kind of his last shot. And, and, and he's putting it to me and he's, and he's really challenging me only like, like, like a brother or a best friend only could. And we're getting pretty in depth on the way up there and, and I'm driving and, and, uh, I'm starting to, I'm starting to cry. Because, uh, because I know he's right, but I'm scared and I'm unsure of myself in that moment. He's getting emotional. I'm getting emotional. And he just asked me, he said, Justin, what, what are you waiting on? And at that moment, uh, a rock, I can't make this up, a, a rock, I don't know, probably a golf ball sized rock bounces up and, and cracks my windshield, scared me to death. And I think Rick, in that moment, it was, the culmination of the full weekend, the culmination of years of trying to figure things out on my own and and do things my own way and thinking that I was smarter than everybody else and had all the answers to the buildup of one of my best friends in the world challenging me on my faith life and my eternal life. And at almost the simultaneous minute of him asking me what I was waiting for, a rock that could have killed me, hits my windshield almost to say, don't wait any longer and turn your life over. And, and mm. at that moment, I, I, I just, I bawled. I took him to the airport. I hugged him. I told him I loved him. And from that moment on, Rick, I, not everybody gets that, that aha moment. But for me, that was my aha moment of my whole life has led me to this point. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be because this is where the Lord's placed me. And now, I need to turn it all over to him and continue to follow or, or, or really seek out to follow his will for me and in my life. And, and from that moment, my, my, not that I've always been perfect, but because I certainly have not, but, but from that moment on, uh, my life's never been the same. 
Well, that's great to hear. How can we pray for you, Justin? Well, I, you know, I think, Rick, just pray for us to continue to put the Lord first in our lives. When you're in sports and you're in athletics, uh, it's really easy to get caught up in the, uh, in the day to day and the wins and losses and, and thinking that that's what's important and that's, that's your worth in life when it's really not. So I think just, just pray for, for me and my family and, and, and our program to continue to put the Lord first and continue to allow his will to be done in our lives and, uh, and turn ourselves over to that. You know, that I am second and, and he is first, and without him, we don't deserve any of the good things we get anyway. Justin, I want to thank you again for coming on our program. I've enjoyed talking with you, and I wish you the best of success with what remains of the season, and I hope the Fighting Camels go deep into the Big South Tournament and into the NCAAs, and I guess go humps. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. I, I really appreciate it, man. I appreciate what you're doing, and I, I'm a fan. Uh, let me know if there's anything else that I could I could possibly do for you guys. That's Justin Hare, head baseball coach for the Campbell University Fighting Camels. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Benson and those guys.